Hello, and welcome to the Sophisticated Black Man Podcast. All right, I'm gonna drop the William Shatner act, but for real, welcome, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Sophisticated Black Man Podcast. It is yours truly, Jamar Burke, a.k.a. the Sophisticated Black Man, a.k.a. your friendly neighborhood black man. And of course, like I said, I told you guys that I'm getting my mental health a little bit better, but I'm not taking a break from the podcast. Just simply, you know, taking time to get to the best possible, I guess, headspace I can for you guys to not only continue bringing content to you, but to also making sure whatever I'm putting out is the best content I can for y'all. So... That update episode that you heard last Monday, it is true. All right, I'm getting things in order, and episode is going to keep coming, of course. Uh, this episode, when you hear it on Monday, which, you know, it come, it'll come out on Monday, um, you'll hear that I'm a little bit better, that I'm a little more optimistic, a little more update, a little more upbeat, have a lot more energy. And, of course, it's going to be a good topic, so that comes out on Monday. And then, of course... There's going to be a episode released in time for Turkey Day on Thanksgiving, talking about a little bit of the origins, the very violent origins, and then the difference between a black Thanksgiving and a white Thanksgiving, because I've been to both. All right. But that's not what this episode about it. This episode is about. No. This week's episode is about money and money management. Why? Because in this day and age now it's very important to know how to save money as well as smart ways of investing it all right finding ways to get to retirement early instead of waiting into your 60s or even 50s um i'm a firm believer but again of course you know how this show split up there's two segments there's the general generalization with when it comes to black you know black america in terms of saving money and then i get my own personal uh opinion about it so to be honest um not a lot of and this is a sad i guess statistic not a lot of black people know how to properly save money um and a lot of that is attributed to past trauma i guess um and not being taught the things that needed to be taught you know specifically in high school um everyone knows of course i am a business education teacher uh however uh you know for me personally um learning about finance personal finance in high school should not be an elective uh it should be a required uh curriculum for all high schools to take like you have to pass high school like in order to pass high school you have to pass personal finance because when you get out into the working world whether it's you know working in college or working going straight into the job force or even military or vocational school or trade school uh, you have to have the right financing skills in order to do that and if you don't have that then you don't know how to properly save money and then when it comes time in a pinch whenever it's something in emergency or whatever all right you're not you don't have that emergency funds of course 
and you just you're stuck you're making all this money but none of it's been put back you don't have a 401k you don't have a 403b which uh, we will talk about that a little bit here kind of difference between both of those and now you're just like i have no money um bills need to be paid something happened with my car like i don't have the money i can't tap into an emergency fund and a lot of that is true with black america is that a lot of us aren't taught that personal finance in high school or at least taught that from somebody that's you know been in the finance industry whether they're an accountant work for a bank um <clears throat> a loan officer etc somebody that's in finance that can teach us a thing or two about how to properly save up how to properly invest and you know kind of set us not only ourselves up for our best future but as well as our kids our grandkids or great grandkids um kind of building that wealth upon generation after generation um not in terms of being the rockefellers or you know the carnegies or anybody like that i mean there's nothing wrong with that but if you are somebody that wants to be heartless and kind of spineless and you feel like owning an oligarchy or a monopoly then yes you can be like the carnegies or rockefellers however if you just want to be smart and do the kind of simple basic stuff first um putting aside money and putting it in a you know savings bearing account or putting it in a roth ira uh, roth ira and looking for that to you know boost your your financial gain um or playing in the stock market whether it be with etfs bonds um new york stock exchange or even the big thing now with crypto coin so regardless you have to have the smarts and at least some knowledge not even the smarts just some knowledge about how to properly finance your future and so i'm gonna go over this article that i read actually uh it's called the shockingly simple math behind early retirement uh by mr money mustache by the mr money mustache group uh this was uh sent to me by one of my constant listeners kyle um who sent me this he was really excited wanted me to talk about money and you know saving for the future and early retirement so he sent this over to me saying hey why don't you take a look at this article uh this blog post because it really changed how i see my outlook in the future and i'm like all right i'll take a look i read it and i was like okay a lot of that makes very a lot of that makes some of the the most sense that i've ever seen in terms of you know it's simple math really um in terms of saving back so that way instead of you retiring at 60 something after working for 30 plus years you could retire at 40. um you know maybe even your mid 30s uh for me personally i'd like to work at least until my mid 40s late 40s um at least until my child is a senior in high school um that way i know i've done everything right whether they they get scholarships i don't have to worry about paying for anything um so forth so on um but part of me is like do i really want to miss do i really want to retire early and and just not do anything all day like i know i could do some stuff around the house with the home projects which a lot of that money that i put back could go towards but then it's like me myself <clears throat> personally um talk about it a little bit more in the next segment is that I could retire early, but then I'm just like, well, how do I fulfill the rest of my life? You know what I mean? Um, but nonetheless, 
So we're going to go over this article. All right, I'm going to read it verbatim, word by word. Um, and if you guys have a chance, definitely check out this blog post. It was published on January 13th of 2012. It's about almost a it's almost a 10 year old blog post. However, it's still very relevant to today, um, especially with the great resignation that's going on. Um, if you guys haven't heard what the Great Resignation is, it's basically a play on the Great Recession, the Great Depression, except with the Great Resignation, everybody is voluntarily leaving their jobs because of how the COVID pandemic basically exposed everything in terms of weight, garnishes, um, just treatment of workers, um, everything. It exposed everything, so everybody's just voluntarily leaving their jobs. Because they're starting to see now that um, the economy got hit hard due to the pandemic. It was hard for people to recover from it. And in a sense, for a millennial like myself, we're, we're getting the double-sided double, double tape here. Um, getting both sides from the Great Recession and then the pandemic. Um, the Great Recession basically fucked over a lot of millennials that wanted to buy houses later on down the road, say, I don't know, this year. Um, just because you know stock market almost crashed went into a recession housing market just blew up like it was non-existent for about 10 for about five to ten five to seven years it's been non-existent and so we as millennials were picking ourselves up trying to from the great recession and now with the pandemic happening just fucking everything up and so now we're having to pick ourselves up from two financial crisis events in our lifetimes and i don't think we'll ever recover a lot of economists said this generation the millennial generation will not recover from it um all the debt that boomers and you know baby boomers and gen the the what is it gen y not gen y gen x basically those people from like the 60s to the 80s they built up all that debt and are basically just handing it off to the millennials and then Gen Zers, um, which I might do an episode about labels because I'm getting tired of being called a millennial. I don't think I'm a millennial. I don't know what the fuck that means. But regardless, a lot of that debt that was accrued during the boomers and those that were more from the 60s through the 80s have now been piled up on top of us, those that were born in like late 80s to 1999. Um, all that's now on our plate. And we're trying to recover from that on top of the debt that's being created now. So it's a lot on our plate. So with this blog post, all right, it's called the shockingly simple math behind early retirement. All right. So it starts off saying this blog post, this is a blog post that shows you how to be wealthy enough to retire in 10 years. All right. Here at Mr. Money Mustache, we talk about all sorts of fancy stuff like investment fundamentals, lifestyle changes that save money, entrepreneurial ideas that help you make money, and philosophy that allows you to make these changes a positive thing instead of a sacrifice. All right. A lot of that, again, is like went over to simple investment fundamentals, um, lifestyle changes, and just have a philosophy that you anything that you do can be positive in terms of money. All right. They go on to say, in addition, the Internet presents us with retirement calculators, competing opinions from a million financial advisors and financial doomsayers, unpredictable inflation and a wide distribution of income and spending patterns between readers. All right. 
So the author goes on to say they reviewed their own age 30 retirement, all right, and did a hypothetical calculation of two average teacher salaries, which is interesting because the average teacher salary differs by state, um, and it also differs by county. So where I live, um, I'm currently home this week, but where I live in Charleston County, uh, I'm starting off with a base salary of $41,106 for first year. Um, and a lot of that's taken out with taxes, retirement, uh, insurance, and so forth and so on. Um, so in reality, I'll make less than what my base salary should be. But going on, all right, because of this torrent of information, author goes on, people tend to become overwhelmed and say things like, yeah, good for you, Mr. Money Mustache, but how can I possibly know when I'll have enough to retire myself with a completely different lifestyle? And Mr. Money Mustache goes on to say, well, I have a surprise for you. It turns out that when it boils right down to it, your time to reach retirement depends on only one factor. All right, you guys ready for this? I know Kyle's ready for this because he's read this blog post several times. Is that your savings rate as a percentage of your take-home pay? All right, your savings rate as a percentage of your take-home pay. All right, basically breaking that down is how much do you save in a percentage rate of your take-home pay? How much do you put back from your take-home pay? If you could do less or you could do more. It just totally depends on how you do it. Alright? So, Mr. Money Mustache breaks it down. Alright? A bit further. So he says your savings rate is determined entirely by these two things. How much you take home each year, salary-wise, and how much you can live on. Alright? While the numbers themselves are quite intuitive and easy to figure out, the relationship between these two numbers is a bit surprising. All right. So if you are spending 100% or more of your income, you will never be prepared to retire unless someone else is doing the saving for you. So wealthy parents, social security, a pension fund, so forth. All right. So your work career will be infinite. That means you could work until that retirement age of 65. You have to put in 40 plus years, maybe 50 plus of your time working and you retire at 65 when you could have done so much more in your 30s and 40s all right but now he breaks it down on the opposite side if you're spending zero percent of your income you live for free somehow which is very impossible even high schoolers don't live for free all right and can maintain this after retirement you can retire right now so your working career could be zero that's right. If you're somehow managing to spend 0% of your income right now, you're living free somehow. And then you can retain that after your retirement. You can retire right now and not have worked a day in your life. Some of, For some of us, that's impossible to do, especially for myself. Uh, that's kind of impossible to do to live to not use 0% of my income. All right, unless there's any single ladies out there that have very wealthy families and they know they're going to get a fortune, uh, please let me know. Hit me up. Uh, other than that, I will be working because that's part of my eth my work ethic. I can't be lazy and, you know, beat off of others. 
uh, I have to work. I need to work to keep myself busy and keep myself from going insane. So, in between though, there are some very interesting considerations. As soon as you start saving and investing your money, it starts earning money all by itself. Then the earnings on those earnings start earning their own money. It can quickly become a runaway exponential snowball of income. As soon as this income is enough to pay for your living expenses, while leaving enough of the gains invested each year to keep up with inflation, you're ready to retire. Simple. If you drew the savings rate story into a graph, it would not be a straight line. It would be a nice curved exponential graph. And if you go onto the blog post, which I believe is still available, um, it will show you a nice graph talking about the number of years you could retire in if you had a savings rate of 64. All right. So obviously it starts off with if you don't save at all, you're going to be working till about the age of, you know, you could be working now if you don't work at all. All right. You're going to be retiring at the age of 90. However, let's break this down a little bit. If you start getting start putting, you know, 30 percent. All right. You could retire in 30 years. All right. So if I start putting back 30 percent of my, you know, take home pay every year, I could retire at um, 67, right around the retirement age. Start drawing Social Security. Now, if I started retiring now with a savings rate of 64 percent, I could retire in 10.9 years. So I could retire at the age of 38, roughly 38, 10.9. No. Sorry, 37. Can't do math. All right. So that's how it breaks down. And if you're just basically living all, without spending any income, you could retire now. So if you save a reasonable percentage of your take home pay, like 50%, and live on a remaining 50, you'll be ready to rock, aka financially independent in a reasonable number of years. All right. Around 16. All right according to the chart which again um it's going to be on mrmoneymustache.com and the title of the blog post is the simply shockingly simple math behind early retirement all right so if you save 50 percent and still live on 50 percent you can retire in 16 years all right so mr money mustache then takes that graph and makes it even simpler he says, I'll make some conservative assumptions for you, and you could just focus on saving the biggest percentage of your take-home pay that you can. The table below will tell you a nice ballpark figure of how many years it will take you to become financially independent. Alright, so the assumptions he puts down is you can earn 5% investment returns after inflation during your saving years. You'll live off of the 4% safe withdrawal rate after retirement with some flexibility in your spending during recessions. You want your forever, you want your stash to last forever. You'll only be touching the gains since this income may be sustaining you for 70 years or so. Just think of this assumption as a nice generous safety margin. All right. So now he puts in a nice little chart. How many years you can, you will have to work for a range of possible savings rates starting from a net worth of zero. All right. So if you start saving now at 5%, You'll have 66 working years working. All right. He breaks it down a little bit simpler than the graph. He says you'll be able to retire at the age of 66 if you save 5%. All right. If you start saving 10, 51, 15, 43, 20, 37, 25, 32, 30, 28, so forth and so on. 
basically if you were to put back about 60 percent you could retire in 12 and a half working years so if you put back 60 percent as an 18 year old you could retire by 30 as long as you're still living off of that percentage not that you put back from your take home but whatever you're living off of your take home so if you're putting back half and you're still living off half you can retire in 17 years now of course there's going to be a lot of factors that come into play with that but it's the general simple math to kind of get behind so therefore shout out to kyle because i've read this article twice and now you know looking at a new career that could also be a factor different career change so if you're making more you can put back more um which i'll kind of talk about that a little bit in this next segment all right but it's quite amazing especially at the less mustachian end of the spectrum a middle class family with a 50k take home pay who saves 10 percent of their income which is around which is five thousand is actually better than the average these days but unfortunately better than average is still pretty bad since they are on track for having to work for 51 years but simply cutting cable tv and a few lattes would instantly boost their savings to 50 percent allowing them to retire eight years earlier now are cable tv and starbucks worth having two income earners each work an extra eight years for to me no um i don't have cable tv anyway i just i use streaming services um i don't even drink starbucks but there are some people out there that will religiously drink starbucks and will not give that up so therefore they'll be working for about 51 years but if you're somebody that cuts cable tv which costs a ridiculous amount of money and then you cut out the latte guess what you're boosting your savings up to 15 percent which means you can retire eight years earlier instead of you working 51 years you can only work for 43 so if you start saving 50 percent now as a middle income family that he says in here has to say middle income with 50,000 all right you can only you don't only have to work let's see if you're 20 you only have to work till 63 65 right that's with the middle income family now if you're a single guy like i am and you happen to make 50 grand a year you can put back more than 15 percent you could put back 40 40 to 50 percent right now as a single person and build on that wealth all right so the most important thing to note is that cutting your spending rate is much more powerful than increasing your income all right the reason is that every every permanent drop in your spending has a double effect it increases the amount of money you have left over to save each month and it permanently decreases the amount you need every month for the rest of your life so your lifetime passive income goes up due to having a larger larger investment net egg and it more easily meets your needs because you develop more skill at living efficiently thus you need less all right if you want to retire within 10 years the formula is right there in front of you simply live on 35% of your take-home pay which he puts in a double asterisk which is approximately what he did without even realizing it during his younger years all right he goes on to say the only reason mustachians will remain a rare breed is because this article will never appear in USA Today or Wall Street Journal or the Washington Post all right or he goes on or if it does people will be too busy complaining about how it can't be done rather than figuring out how to do it all right so he finishes it by saying 
keep reading since this blog is all about making financial independence happen and i feel as though as you know the black america black community in general having the type of help like this having the simple math to retire which that's easy thinking about it you know having that simple math to retire we will be creating so much financial wealth for our future doing all of this being able to invest a lot of more resources in putting back into the community making it better um if a lot of black folk had this information many years ago i truly believe black americans would have been off on a better standing financially um i'm not talking you know possibly after slavery was ended after reconstruction probably the early 20th 21st century or 20th century um if there had been somebody that was willing to break this down as easy as possible then compared to now uh black america would be flourishing there would be more black wall streets than there was in tulsa and wilmington um and i would be i'd be open to that more black Wall Streets, more black businesses, more just black people in general start investing smarter, starting putting back more, um, started living less off of their income, um, stop living so much off of government assistance. Um, just because you're living off of government assistance to get help, but then once that stops, how are you gonna provide for yourself and your family? You know? Sometimes you just have to stop relying on the government so much for everything. Um, and that's not a knock against people that are currently struggling to do it because the pandemic is still rolling on. But if you know you have the current means of making money and not just from the government, why not do that now and better your future for yourself and your family? Um, so that's just some stuff to think about. Shout out to Kyle for that blog post uh i'm continuously reading this because it's very simple math all you're doing is depending on how much your savings rate is you just take that and apply that to your take-home pay every year or every day or every paycheck rather every year rather than every paycheck because again some things will come up but if you just start saving now at say five percent of course you'll be working until 62 you're 66 but if you cut out some things in your lifestyle that you know you don't need, all right, that will boost it up, makes, you know, take lesser time to retire. And that's kind of what everyone wants to do. That's, I know that's what I want to do. I know I want to be enjoying the profession I'm in, but also still have enough money put back to where I can live off of that. My family doesn't have to worry about struggling financially, um, just making smart investments and stuff like that, uh, which that also plays a part in. Just be smart in what investments you make. Um, because you can invest in something that seems like a surefire idea, then it blows up. Um, and then after that, you're kind of shit out of luck. Um, you thought you were going to be a shark, you know, shark, shark tank, and you just ended up being one of the other guppies. So, um, but yeah, that's a great article. It's on money, Mr. Money Mustache.com and the title of the blog, I'll say it one more time. The shockingly simple math behind early retirement published on january 13th of 2012 is still up on their website go check it out shout out to kyle one more time for bringing up that blog post um this has definitely been the motivation behind me cutting out some stuff in my lifestyle 
and just putting back more money so I can retire by the age of 50. That'd be that'd be fantastic. All right, we're gonna take this quick ad sponsored break from Anchor Podcast because they are the ones that helped me get this podcast going. And then after that, the next segment, of course, I'm gonna talk about my financial uh, prowess, my financial gains, my investment portfolio, how I save money. Uh, hint: It's not very well, but it's a goal that I've been working on. So. Stay tuned. Enjoy this ad sponsor break from Anchor, and we'll be right back. And welcome back to this week's episode. Of course, we're talking about financial investing, putting back money, saving money. Uh, like little Dickie said, we're going to save that money. Um, definitely go listen to... Uh, Save That Money by Little Dicky featuring Fetty Wap off of uh, Little Dicky's album from like 2015, which he has not released an album yet since then. Uh, Little Dicky, Day Bird, we're all waiting for that album. You've been working on it for six years now. Uh, put it out. That's all I'm saying. Just put it out. We've heard, you know, Freaky Friday and We Are the World. Just put out that new album, Little Dicky. All right? Because we're tired of saving that money. But. Nonetheless, going off of going, you know, coming off of my tangent. All right. I myself. All right. Uh, I've been working since the age of 16. So I've been working for 11 years now. Um, when I was younger, I did have a savings account. My dad had uh, put or made a savings account for me. He put his own money into it. Um, my father also worked for a very lucrative. Well, he made brought home 60 grand a year uh, making boat engines for 40 plus years literally up until the day he died and you know he invested in four a 403 401k um and was just financial gaining uh, investing in certain stocks and was making money by the time he died he had about i would say a hundred thousand dollars total between his retirement fund, 401k, investment stocks, and all that. And, you know, took that percentage out and split it amongst his four children. So if you do the math, that's about 25 grand each. Um, and I wish, what from reading that blog post, I wish I had done that a little bit better. Uh, as a dumb kid at 21, made, made some not-so-smart financial moves. Um, a lot of that went investing into guns, um, which I, you know, some decisions I regret. My decision in terms of how I spent that money um, should have been a little bit better. Wish I had somebody to tell me, hey, you know, you don't want to be spending all this money at, all the time. And so now as a 26-year-old, I'm learning that uh, because as a human, we learn things. We're supposed to learn things. We make mistakes and then you learn from them. So looking back at it, um, you know, I'm making smarter decisions in terms of saving money. Um, I recently, well, recently, three years ago, 2018, I started my own Roth IRA account because I want to start investing and saving money, you know, putting money back sooner. Um, I started off with $20 or start off with a dollar to just kind of start off my Roth IRA. There are several 
um, institutions that can, you can start with the Roth IRA. Uh, E-Trade. Uh, I personally use Vanguard. Shout out to Michael for recommending me to Vanguard. Started doing that. Um, put a dollar in my Vanguard Roth IRA to start earning money. It was sitting at negative $19 for about three years up until, I don't know, three weeks ago when I finally decided to put back some money into that Roth IRA. So now it's in a positive. And I plan on putting back more money in that Roth IRA because I want to start making back money on it, financial gains. And that's also going to be one, an account where I can play with the, the stock market a little bit. Um, that's going to be my stock market money to play with. Um, just because the stock market right now, there's certain companies that you need to invest in. Pharmaceuticals, if you can get into them at a pretty decent price, um, then pharmaceuticals looks like it's the way to go in terms of investment in investment and stocks. Um, buying ETFs, that type of stuff. But um, a lot of what I learned about financial responsibility I got from my dad a little bit just because I've always ragged him whenever we go out to restaurants or something like that. He's like, don't get nothing too expensive. And I'd be like, man, it's, you know, we'll go to McDonald's and there's a certain burger. I want to, you know, it could be a quarter pounder meal. That's only be like $6. I'd be like, that's not expensive. But now that I think about it as a 26 year old adult, I'm like, this shit's getting expensive. Like if I were to go to McDonald's right now, which I don't very often, um, getting a meal is like seven eight dollars i'm just like what the fuck? It, it'd be cheaper to me to cook it'd be cheaper for me to cook or order from a you know a food service that i can make my own meals like hello fresh um which that is an unofficial sponsor which honestly i wish i got more cold sponsors but you know that's me asking for too much anyway um but you know, I, I never understood why I kept saying that. I was always like, oh, you're just being cheap. You just don't want to spend that kind of money. But now I understand it. It's because that's part of your lifestyle. If you keep constantly spending 8 to $9 for a fast food meal, like, you're not going to have anything to put back. And so, you know, if you cut out that, you're, you know, boosting your savings a little bit. Your saving percentage rate, I should say. Not savings, but savings percentage rate. How much you put back from your take-home pay. See, I'm remembering stuff, Kyle. When you're taking down notes, when you listen to this episode, you're going to hear me bring back up savings percentage rate, not how much savings. All right? So uh, that's how I understood that. I got that from my dad, and I started thinking, like, okay, if I stop eating fast food less, then obviously I'm going to save more. So I can put that into IRAs, my 401k, 43b even um in which i'm going to talk about that now because i never heard of a 403b until i started working for essentially a hospital system that i thought was private but it turns out that the difference between a 401k and a 403b um is that a 401k obviously has to do with private companies all right it's offered by for-profit companies so companies that are literally built to make money all right so 401k is basically for those that are made to make money private companies essentially so um you know if you work for a private company and they offer a 401 package then of course you know that's what you get you're getting a 401k now the 403b however 
which is what I was on working for Prisma and what I'm also working on as a current employee of the state for school district, um, which I would also be back on when I go back to healthcare, <clears throat> um, is that a 403B plan is a qualified tax advantage retirement vehicle, all right? Is that it's that's offered by government and nonprofit organizations, all right? So the 403B plan is only available to nonprofit organizations or not for profit and government employees. So not for profit, Prisma Health, uh, Bon Secours. Um, any hospital system really that's a not-for-profit and then any government workers so work for the school district work for the federal state even local government all right you get a 403b plan and that's what I'm currently on right now as a um, employee of the state of South Carolina in terms of teaching all right and it's a pretty decent plan um, so I kind of enjoy it more but I, I think I would it's because it's tax advantage so that's that's the positive part now um i've had two four three b accounts i had one working with prisma that i pulled my money out of because i wanted to invest it into my roth ira but now i also have a state funded retirement fund another 403 with the state because of teaching so uh i understand the penalties behind taking out my 403 early it's gonna get taxed a lot which that's fine it wasn't a lot anyway i took the usual tax that's taken out for state and for federal government took that out took the rest of the money um went into my account and then put that into my roth ira account just because i knew i wanted to start investing more start putting back more because i'm 26 um i'm kind of approaching that time of life where you know i know i want to settle down finalize kind of finalize what I want to do as a passion and I need to start saving back so when the time comes when I decide to get married decide to have children you know I'm not sitting there worried like oh god how am I going to pay for all this when I have at least a decent backup plan started so that's what I'm starting now as a young black man I'm a young black man um <laughs> so that's what I'm starting now as, as a young black male in America and so I'm giving these opportunities and I'm taking advantage of them. I have, you know, friends that are helping me out with blog posts, kind of ways to do this, you know, and none of this I never really thought of until I probably hit the age of 21. Maybe actually I take that back. I never really started thinking about saving money until about three years ago when I was 23, um, just because I knew you know the way that I was going I didn't want to keep working part-time jobs that I wanted to have insurance that I wanted to have you know a, a retirement fund um, and I was like I need to start looking for careers for jobs that offer those things so that way when the time comes I'm not you know shit out of water uh, shit out of luck you know flowing down the shit river and just like I'm broke have no financial any anything left no you know i've been financially irresponsible so it's very important to know these things now as a young you know young adult in high school and then starting now at someone in your 20s that way when you get to your 30s or 40s you can live life lavish you know what i mean want to want to live life lavish so but you know money to me has always been a thing in my family we just 
you know, I I think I've told you guys before, but I come from a lower middle class family. So my mom worked in fast food forever. She still is doing it. Um, she wanted to become a seamstress. Uh, she wanted to become a fashion designer. Nothing really stopped her, but the thinking behind that in the 60s and 70s, if you can't afford to go to, if the school that you wanted to go to closes down and you can't afford to go to the next school, you just basically settle and say, that's that. I'll start working ins and out, odd jobs and stuff like that. But, you know, I had a Monday episode, you know, dedicated to moms everywhere. She's been a hard working mom for as long as I've been alive. So I'm thankful for that. But, you know, what, what if? If you guys have seen Disney, you know, Disney Plus's What If series, Marvel's What If series, what if my mom had went to that school? You know, she got all the lot she did. She'd probably be retired right now as a seamstress, as a fashion designer. You know, I'd be probably living off of whatever money she made. Um, but, you know, I don't, you know, it, that'd be nice. But am I going to do that? Probably not. Um, so she made roughly 30 to 40 grand a year. If that, working full time, um, probably less than that actually. She made about twenty. Now I think about it, working full time in a fast food job at nine something an hour, seven something an hour. She made less than that. wasn't a livable wage, but that's where she had my dad, who made between fifty and sixty grand a year making boat engines out of high school. This was without a college degree. He was doing this, um, so he was living life, working like that. Um, and of course, uh, we were lower middle class. We still could afford some stuff, but there were times where things got rough. Um, and that's where a lot of my dad's money saving uh, financial responsibilities came into play. And so I'm just very thankful that I learned that from him because now I'm learning how to do that a little bit better. I'm starting to understand the things he said when he was like, uh, don't be don't be getting the most expensive things. I'm like, Dad, what the fuck are you talking about? Now I know it because everything's going up. But that's you know, it's in a response to inflation. Um, you know, so things are gonna go up, things might go down, and so forth and so on. So this is my advice to any young adult out in the workforce right now: is that you know, it's never too late to start saving. Start saving now, as a matter of fact. Um, you know, if you're still living at home with your parents. I mean, I would assume so if you're a high school kid. Again, some situations are different from others. But if you're a high school kid, your parents are currently paying for everything right now. What is stopping you from putting back, you know, do a savings percentage rate of 60% right now of what you're making off? All right. You know, you have enough for gas um, for maybe one to two fast food meals a week. Then that other 60% goes into start your own Roth IRA, put it into investment, start doing crypto, um, which I guess this is just the old for old head version of myself. I can't get into crypto. I just because I don't understand it that much yet. Like Dogecoin, Bitcoin, crypto coin there's so many cryptos like i just don't understand it um so if there's a viewer there's a listener out there that does understand crypto a little bit more and wants to give me like a synopsis of how to deal crypto that'd be fantastic um i do know if you invested in bitcoin 10 years ago you would be if you had pulled out at the right time you would be swimming in millions of dollars right now um but that just isn't me because i don't know a damn thing about crypto so that's just my financial um 
you know, that's just me not being financially caught up with things, I guess. I don't know. There's probably millions of other people. Hell, Tom Brady, of all people, knows about crypto. That man's like 50, still playing in the NFL. So, who knows? But regardless, um, you know, I'm going to start investing more using my Roth IRA. Might have an account that's just separate for stock investment, um, trade investments, and, you know, just kind of seeing the trend that's going on in terms of what is good right now, what isn't, just because... Um, it's it's smart to invest now if you're a millennial if you're between the age if you were born between 1988 and 1999 or 1987 through 1999 um you know the financial just struggle it's been bad since 2008 in 2008 i was a middle schooler and didn't even think about any of this shit between 2007 2008 i was a middle schooler i didn't think about what the future held for me in terms of finance because I was just a middle school I didn't have a job I was under my parents roof I was being a kid but now as a 26 year old like I'm realizing the Great Recession fucked me in terms of wanting to buy a house but then now with the pandemic and then the great resignation which I participated in and probably participated in again before the end of the year is there's no financial hope for the millennial generation is sad as that say i want to be able to put back money but with the cost of inflation going up and having to you know adjust to that you know shit gets bad real quick uh like cp3 chris paul said shit got bad real quick um so now you know this is the time for those gen zers you know kids that are still in high school to now to start saving, putting back money because, you know, we're the millennials. We're going to take that burden and that debt and make sure we don't pass on to the next generation because that's not fair for them. That's what the baby doers did to the Gen Xers, I guess. And then, you know, Gen Xers passes it on to the millennials. And now we're just like, we don't want to financially fuck up the Gen Zers. We're going to take on this debt while still trying to build some type of financial stability and we're just gonna we're gonna power through it you know whether or not we like it whether or not baby boomers like it whether or not even gen zers like it regardless we're now carrying the financial responsibility and burden so that way coming up the next group of generations which i wonder when i do my labels episode if the generation starts back over to a like is it like the alphabet is there generation a generation assholes i don't know it's possible i think it that's what should be the label name generation a generation assholes because it's very likely the next generation coming up is going to be a bunch of assholes after gen z um but that's just my personal opinion of course so um but yeah that's my personal thing about financial responsibility um i'm starting now it may seem like it's a little late to start but it's not just like um advice that i got from my old school nurse in terms of starting a new career you're never too late to start something new you know um, and then I'll kind of talk about that briefly in the, the wrap up, just in terms of what's going on there. Um, I've been talking to some of my close friends about this, but, you know, again, I'll talk about that briefly in the wrap up and then on a episode later on down the road. But regardless, 
if you're a young adult right now, if you're somebody that's a freshman, sophomore in high school and you're working, you're still living with your parents, like you don't have any type of financial bills, start increasing your savings rate percentage now. Whether you can do 30% and you can still live off of 70%, then yes, you can retire in 70-something years. But of course, you're a high schooler, so that as you start saving more, increase that savings percentage rate, you're going to decrease the time it takes for you to retire. So just heed my advice. Listen to your friendly neighborhood black man when he tells you start saving now. Start increasing your savings percentage rate now. That's what I'm going to start doing. Um, just start putting back things, start investing more, start putting more into IRA accounts. Um, you know, get a start, you know, if you can find a company that does 403B compared to a 401K uh, because it's more tax friendly doing a 403B. Um, because it's essentially your it's a government funded retirement fund so the government's already taken our percentage of what they would need for the retirement so you don't have to worry about and it's matched too so um so whatever the government's already taken out they'll match it back to your retirement fund so if they take out three percent they'll put three percent back all right it's essentially you know they're taking but they're still getting back uh, 401ks is private it depends on however much you put in is how much they put in so all right so we're gonna take one last ad sponsor break and then of course i'm gonna bring back the wrap-up i know i haven't done that since man early october maybe but definitely stay tuned to this last ad sponsor break by anchor podcast um, if you're on the fence right now about deciding to do a podcast, well, because it's late in the year, you don't know what to talk about, uh, hit up Anchor. Uh, they're brought to you by Spotify, so you already know if you put out a great podcast, it's going to go immediately on Spotify. Your friends, family members, whoever that you know has a Spotify account can listen to your podcast on Anchor. All right, so many great features about the Anchor podcast. Uh, free transitions free background music and if you want to use any music from spotify guess what it goes on there and then it goes directly to spotify for others to listen to so don't take my word for it listen to this ad sponsored break by spotify or sorry anchor by spotify all right and then we'll bring up the wrap-up so stay tuned welcome back i'm glad you guys enjoyed both that ad sponsored break by anchor by podcast and as well as this week's episode uh it was probably more requested episode by kyle shout out again to kyle for you know basically keep pushing this episode i was eventually going to do an episode like this but he's like you know why not do that now just because everything that's going on with the economy you know covid pandemic housing market all this going on i was like you know what that's a good idea. Why not get that started now so that people have the information they need? All right. So shout out to him. Shout out to MrMoneyMustache.com for that very interesting blog post. All right. Um, shockingly simple math behind early retirement. Go look that up right now. While you're listening to this on your way home from work, you can go home, have access to the internet, look it up on your phone, look for Mr. Money Mustache, and then specifically that blog. All right. So that, you know, keep reading that. Keep that as a you know, bookmarked blog posts, um, print out the pages if you need to, so forth and whatever. All right. Now, 
uh to kind of get to the part that i was talking about in the last half of this past segment is that um some of you guys don't know about two mondays ago um i had probably the first thing i've ever experienced as an adult you know somebody that has anxiety and depression um i had not a full bro not a full-blown breakdown but i had a miniature breakdown um just a lot had happened um kind of got some discouraging words texts um and this isn't supposed to be the you know mental health episode but i'm just kind of giving you guys a heads up what's going on um i woke up yesterday or that monday evening and i just started crying um i was making my food for dinner and i just started crying um don't know what set it off maybe it was a text before everything that was just going on i was not happy um was very depressed didn't feel like doing anything um it was okay when i went to work but then some of those texts came in and some words came in um and i just kind of shut down from there was shut down for two days straight couldn't work and really function properly um so i texted my best friend paul you know kind of told him everything he was like you know what man if this situation not good just you know come home um you know because you still got family here you know what broke me down was the text that he said was you know you got myself you got mac you got leo sasha and kip you got us we're your family um and that's what furthered it down but those were kind of like happy breakdown tears because uh you know just seeing how much they cared about and support me and just all the love that they're showing you know we've been best friends for six damn years uh, meeting in a, a in a hopeless place essentially dominoes of Clemson. um but that's where the friendship bloomed and that's where it's continued going um and so just the job and then the place i'm living in you know not knowing a lot of people not knowing many people um after seeing a psychiatrist got me on some medication start counseling started thinking to myself you know i up and left what i had at home because i saw this as an exciting opportunity for myself to kind of grow a little bit um and the job that i thought i would be great at turns out uh, i'm not as great as an educator as, in terms of teaching as i am being an after school care worker um and i've found that out now rather than three years down the road or even into next year so with that being said um i'm doing a career change already i know what you guys are thinking it's only been three months give it a little more time i'm differently wired for most people i can't see myself staying in a job that i don't like um i'm part of those people that are in a great resignation so i'm doing a career change and I've been thinking about it a lot lately. And your boy wants to become a nurse. So I might do a special episode, have a couple of people that worked as nurses on and kind of have them talk about a little bit. We're going to talk about some pros and some cons of it. And then they're going to kind of explain to me why they chose the profession of nursing. Um, you know, I've had people say you could be a doctor. My school nurse said you could be a travel nurse or an RN nurse practitioner. And that's what I discovered. I like helping people. Um, now I know what you're thinking. High schooler kids are people too. No, high school kids are a different subgenre of people. 
the motherfuckers are a different breed let me tell you um in the area that i'm living in the school that i'm at it's not making me happy um a teacher that i work with coach with said he did the same thing for his you know went to mississippi for his ex-wives came depressed um anxious you know stayed there for four years to try to make something happen and it, it didn't pan out for him so he basically said get out now while you can and you know I'm basically using this time to regroup so um change of professions uh i'm gonna talk to some people today um on monday and kind of see what i can do to become a nurse um talked to mckenzie whose mom is a nurse practitioner you know she said the struggles but you know i've been struggling most of my life as a black male anyway so i figured you know if i have somebody if i have the will and determination and somebody wants to go along that with me then you know let's take this journey let's take this ride through nursing school um so forth so yeah definitively said i'm going to be changing career getting back into healthcare. Um, want to become a nurse <clears throat> so and eventually become a nurse practitioner not necessarily a doctor uh just because yeah we'll see um but definitely a, an mp nurse practitioner um but that's just a little update as far as what's going on with the sophisticated black man himself personal wise i know that was a lot to put into this wrap-up but you guys need to know what's going on because you guys have been here since day one and i'm so very appreciative of that you deserve to know what's going on what's my motivation you know why hasn't he been putting out episodes this so forth and so on i promise you i am finding that motivation now right medication doing counseling you know this and that forth i'm making myself become better both mentally and physically um i think working out again will start help being my mental uh, capabilities a little bit better as well so i'm getting better for the sake of you guys not just for the sake of myself so now i told you i was gonna spoil you guys this week right you have an episode that's coming out it will come out today monday and then i'm gonna record on wednesday the day before turkey day all right and drop a thanksgiving episode for y'all that's gonna talk about the history violent history of thanksgiving Plus, the difference between black and white Thanksgiving, because there are differences. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, there is a difference between a white and black Thanksgiving. Um, if you've ever been in an interracial relationship before, and if you've ever had to go to your in-laws, you know that one in-laws know how to cook, and the other one just needs to drop the cooking spoon right now and just start ordering catering, because that's just how it is. So, we're recording that on Wednesday. Um... And that's going to drop on the Sophisticated Black Men podcast. If you're a fantasy football lover, always, always check out the Blood, Sweat, and Hennessy fantasy football podcast that is on Spotify. Is the Blood, Sweat, and Hennessy FFB, which is fantasy football. Um, definitely check that out. Episode should have dropped this weekend. However, you know, the host took the weekend off. Um, I also kind of took the weekend off while recording this episode. Um, but that episode will drop this week and then we're going to turn around and drop a turkey day football special uh it's going to be the trade deadline in our league plus uh the thursday games which after yesterday's games um or sunday's games i should say it's a lot to desire um so but again thank you guys for listening to this week's episode it's going to be the longest one i've had in weeks um, this is probably going to come out at around under an hour, 
um, which is fine. Uh, you know, that gives you time to get home, take that drive home, listen to my smooth, sultry voice. Yes, it's very smooth and sultry. And uh, just take in the knowledge that I'm giving you. So, of course, I am your friendly neighborhood black man. I am the sophisticated black man. And I'll see you when I see you. Peace.